Once again, thank you for joining us sa ating online worship service. Um, we know that this place, kunti lang po kami, isa, dalawa, anim, and uh, we do miss every one of you. I know at this time, we are restricted in our different homes and places, and um, continually pray so that God will help us see us through during this um, COVID-19 uh, pandemic na maraming restriction. You know, time flies so fast, and we are now in the second half of 2021. Alam nyo ba, June na? Alam nyo ba? June na! Ang bilis. Ready na yung, ano, yung mga Christmas song. There's so many things that happened in the first half of the year, and now we are facing the second half of the year. And may let us come together and continue encourage each other to walk in faith, trusting God, especially the second half of the year. You know, our team of for the couple of months will be rebuilding. And we started this series last month by having the topic rebuilding of the church. For the coming weeks, especially in the month of June, we'll be looking in a topic that's very close to our hearts. Something that most of us would agree that will need rebuilding is the rebuilding of families. But before we would dive into the word, let me just first define what's a family. And as I was forming the definition, I had a message, text messages with Pastor Ray, and he gave a very beautiful suggestion on how to define a family. He said, it's a single person or two individuals, or in cases of extended families, groups of individuals, raising a child or children, living together as one unit. They can also be a married couple without a child. So in here, when I use the state family, we will use a broad, broad definition, considering that it can be a couple that's newly wed, or a couple have no children, or no, no child. It can be a single parent who's raising a child, that's still considered family, or a, a family with husband and wife, with many children, or your extended family. So, ito ang definition natin as family, as when I say, when I share about family. You, need, you know, the rebuilding of family is so crucial at this moment. If you look at our societies today, it's very disheartening and dis discouraging to observe the condition of many families and marriages that is deviating away from God's original plan. Let me show you some statistics. Here in Singapore, there's a challenge that they have. It says here, October 10, 2020, some Singaporeans couple delay plans for marriage kid amid COVID-19 pandemic. And July 29, fewer marriages and more divorces in 2019 than in 2018. Ito po ay nag-gather ko sa focus on the family, yung mga statistics nila. It says here, 36% feel their spouse is neglecting or detached from them. That's a big figure. 41% of couples don't really talk to do things together or lead completely separate lives from each other. So, ayan na condition ngayon ng the families here in Singapore. How about children? It says here, two-thirds of kids aged 7 to 9 use smartphone daily. That's big number. More people are buying and playing games at home. Okay, yan. Kasama rin ako dyan. Naglalaro din ako paminsan-minsan. But look at this. Watching porn, getting addicted. Porn site, free service during coronavirus crisis, racist, sex trafficking fears. And all these things happening in our society today, impacting our families. This is in context uh, Singapore. Now, let's look at the, in the Philippines. It says here, a figure here is Number of annulment cases between 2021 to 2014. And tumataas. Annulment of marriages. And also, here, it's now recently, sabi nila, teen pregnancy now as a national social emergency. And I believe they have discussed it in the government back in the Philippines. Dumadami ngayon ang teenage pregnancy. And also here, it says here, the past two decades, the proportion of cohabiting Filipino women increased by 
three times. Yung mga kalibin, tumaas ng three times. All these things are happening in our midst. How about in the world? They said there's more youth violence. And interestingly, there's an article in Forbes. He said, what does having a real family mean? The reason why this article was written because what is norm today in some countries is not having a real family. They don't know what is a real family means. They do, never experience it. You see, as we look at all these things, I believe there's an urgent call for us to take this matter seriously. To realize that there is a battle in front of us to restore our family that's according to God's design. This is important because broken homes leads to broken communities. I like this statement by Jay Adams in his book, Christian Living. He says here, family is God's building, basic building block with which he builds nations, governments, churches, business enterprises, charitable institutions, etc. The centrality of family lies in the unique nature and function. Nothing can replace it. In his infinite wisdom, God created the family. It is not man-made institution. So the basic building block of a community is families. And I've entitled this sermon as a springboard for our team this month. God's design for family in our rebuilding our family series. And we'll be reading from Genesis chapter 1, 24 to 21. Genesis chapter 1, verse 24 to 31. Let me read to you. And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens, over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that's on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And for every beast of the earth, and every birds of heavens, and, and to everything that creeps in the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he has made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Chapter 2, thus the heaven and the earth were finished in all of the hosts of them. And the seventh day, God finished his work, and he has done. And he rested on the seventh day from all this work that he has done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he has done in creation. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon, Lord, that we can come together to study your word. We know, Lord, we are in different places, in our homes, watching in our living room, or even watching from our phone in our respective room. I pray, even though we are in that situation lord we know lord that your word is powerful it is your spirit that will speak to our hearts lord so right now we come to you come and have your way in our lives we need you lord we need you at this moment as we look into the lives of our families and even our society today all the more remind us that we that we need your mercy that we need your divine intervention in our homes, in our families. That you may bring restoration, rebuilding. Salamat po Panginoon that we can study your word. 
Holy Spirit, it is you that will help us to understand your word clearly and plainly. And may it be applied in our lives. Salamat Panginoon for this afternoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, oftentimes when we're dealing about the topics related to family, we tend to proceed and approach this topic by looking at it in a very practical lens. We do it by looking at it and what are the things we need to do, and which is good. We tackle it by listing down things or listing down to-do lists and develop action plan or what we should act on. And as we act on, we hope that we can achieve a God-centered honoring family. So on tendency, when we talk about this, we will list at what are the things we need to do to have a godly family or biblically-based family. However, we often missed and to ask why did God create a family and how it should look like. We fail to ask those questions. Tendency, we quickly do what we need to do. I believe the best approach to begin in our, this theme of rebuilding our family is to first understand God's intention. Is to first understand God's intention. That's why it leads us to return to the few chapters of the scripture in the book of Genesis. So in our reading today, God was creating the world. In the few verses of chapter 1, we see God created light. God created water, heaven, the dry land, before He created the living things. And in verse 11 to 12, God began creating the living things. And notice how God described them. Let me read to you in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 to 12. He said, And God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruits trees bearing fruit in which is their seed. Each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so in verse 12. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kind, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seeds, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Take note, the description, according to its kind. And then in verse 21, we see here, So God created the great sea creatures, in every living creature that moves, in which the waters swarm according to their kind, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. It was good. Now in verse 24 to 25, it says here, And God said, Let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kind, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kind. And it was so, verse 25, And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kind, and the livestock according to their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw it was good. Look at what is the word that was being repeated here. When God created something, He said, according to their kind or its kind. But notice the difference when God created man. He said here in verse 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Look how he created was the basis, not in his own kind, but in the likeness of God. God said, let us make conversation done. We might not be able to have time to go deep. Magandang pag-aralan yan sa joint IBI. Let us make in our image, not in his own kind, but what? In the image and likeness of God. The important word that was used to describe the creation of man was the phrase, in the image of God. You see, when we talk the image of God, it comes from the root word, salem, which means rep representation, 
which means likeness, which means shadow. And I was going to a study of this, and I, I refer to Wayne's Grudem's, Grudem's systematic theology. This is how he describes it. He says, in the image of God means that man is like God and represents God. Man is like God and represents God. Now, when you look at this text, parang like God. Parang wow, my superpowers ka. No, we have to understand what it means like God. We can never be like God, like equal, because we are merely creation and He is the creator. What He means in this statement is this, something similar but not identical or equal. We can never be omniscient. We can never be all-knowing. We can never be all-powerful. Only God is. So what he's saying here that we are something similar but not identical. See, many scholars have done in-depth studies what it means of the image of God. Some of them have conflicting views. However, many of them would agree that God's image speaks of man's spiritual, intellectual, moral likeness of God. Let me give you an example. See, God is a person. He has a personality. He, God designs, God plans, God communicates, God has wills and, feel, and feels. Therefore, man also have that attribute. We feel, we communicate, we have will, we design, we have emotion, we have intellect. Ayan, a few description. Man is a moral being. He is conscious. There is, in, there is an inner sense of right and wrong different from animals. You see, animals live to survive, but we have that inside us, we know whether before we'll do it, we, we, is it right or wrong? Being man, we have our spiritual being. We have a spiritual life that enables us to relate to God as a person, to pray, to praise, and hear Him speak through His Word. Also, being man, we reflect God's way. You see, God is productive. He produced. He creates. God created, produced, and ruled. Therefore, he calls man to be productive. In verse 28, we read here, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heaven, and over every living thing that moves on earth. God calls us to be productive, to rule. Same time, God calls us to have that relationship. See, we are made in His likeness. See, the triune God is perfect. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They communicate. And at the same time, men are made for relationship. Made to, com to have that communion with people. See, men are, are made to have relationship with God. Relationship with His family. Relationship with His neighbor. Kaya sabihin mo sa sarili mo, relationship. We need relationship. Men were created for relationship. And God knew that man would require a companion. Hence, God created a woman. In verse 18, we read, Then the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. Hence, God also brought together, establishing a marital relationship. It is the Lord who laid down the principle of marriage and also instructed the first man and woman to be fruitful and multiply. Look at verse 24. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And God's instruction to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And as we put these two chapters, chapter 1 and chapter 2 together, we are able to say that God did not only create us, He is also the one who instituted marriage and family. It is Him 
who established family. It is him who started, who crafted it, who designed it. Hence, the first thing that we can learn is this, is this truth. God formed the family to reflect his nature. God formed the family to reflect his nature. Look at verse 31. After God created everything, after he, God created the vast, and after he created man, this is how he concludes. He said, very good. Very good. Very good. Previously, he just said good. Now, very good. Very good moon is exceedingly, means it's greatly, it's pleasant, it's beautiful, it's delightful, it's correct, it's righteous. Scholars said that humanity is the pinnacle of God's creation. Why is that so? Because man reflects the perfect, the holy nature and character of God. Which in turn manifests in a context of family and community. So God created man as an image and God put us together. And because of the image of God in his likeness, in the way we behave, in the way we live, it will manifest in our context, in our family. Now, just imagine how this family looked like. How God designed family. It was beautiful. When he first established the family, it was perfect. Sabi nga very good day. Perfect. Just imagine the unity of husband and wife. Walang away. Palaging BFF forever, holding hands. I don't know. I, I, I have no time frame when Adam and Eve fell and was tempted by the serpent. I don't know whether days or months or weeks. I don't know. But during that time, I think it was perfect. Hindi sila nag-aaway. Naka-hold hands pa nga sila. Nag-swimming. Nag-ahabulan. Walang kalaban. Parang last, parang palabas yan, parang, anong palabas yun? Nalimutan ko. Crash landing on you, killing to the bone. You see, imagine how the unity when God created them. Imagine the perfect family is that love manifests in them. Walang fake love. Walang half-half love. Walang conditional love. Talagang todo bigay because it's pure. It was very good. Just imagine this family that God created, that the God designed, it was full of trust and openness. Hindi mo wala kang iisipin na, nako, baka ito ay may third party. It was open. It's full of trust. Nothing is hidden between the husband and wife. That was God's plan. And then there's willingness to work. God gave them a duty. Go. Willing and diligently doing the things that God assigned them to do. Walang tatamad-tamad. Ayan, perfect family. Hindi yung sistetex ka, oy, linisin mo yung plato. Everyone plays the part. And also, in this perfect family, they were able to rest and follow the ways of God. And the reason why I put chapter 2 there is see how God rested. Setting the tone how we should live. They were able to, a family so perfect, able to just pause and take Sabbath. Ability to know when to stop and also know when to just pause and take time to worship the Lord and worship God. That's so perfect. That's God's original intention for man and woman to have a family that mirrors the nature of God. You know, it was beautiful. Sabihin mo sa atabi mo, kung may katabi ka dyan, it was beautiful. You know, ito nangyari. However, this is what happened. God's perfect intention for family was tarnished 
by sin and leads us to the second point. Sin distorted God's original intent for the family. Sin. When sin came into the picture, God's original plan for family was disrupted. You know, you look at our lives today, sin still persists in our lives, which caused many families to experience brokenness and suffering. Now, let's look how sin caused great pain and hardship to the first family. Let us look how sin caused problems to the first marriage and to the first siblings. Let me look at the marriage. Ano nangyayari sa marriage nila? Let me read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8-13. It says here, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? Naghanap ang Panginoon. And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the trees which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to me, she gave me the fruit of the tree, that I, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. Now look at the first conflict happened here. When sin came to the marriage, nag-away yung silang mag-asawa. Very interesting here. When sin came, they are full of guilt. When sin came, they are full of guilt. They are full of fear. Because of that guilt inside their heart, they are full of fear to face God. They are full of fear, and so they hide themselves from the Lord because of sin. You know, a person with clear conscience walang tinatago, hindi magtatago. Ang tao na nag-living in sin, living, trying to hide the reality of the person, it will hide it like this. Even in marriage, ganyan din. Magtatago. Full of guilt, they are full of shame, kaya nagtago sila. Sabi nila, hubad. Ngayon, there's so many interpretation on that. I would say that nakedness, when they see the nakedness, they were full of shame. Hindi na pure, nakita nila, they full of shame. They, they see that they're no longer that pure. The same time, because of full of guilt, they love interest of having that fellowship with God. When marriage is tainted with sin, they were full of guilt. They fear, they hide, there's no interest to come to the Lord. Now, look carefully on how God questioned Adam. Ito, very interesting. In verse 11, he said, He said, who told you that you were naked? Galing ni Lord, ha? Sabi mo. Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? Now, Look at the second question. Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? What kind of question is this? Is it an open question or close-ended question? Close-ended question. Ano dapat ang sagot mo sa close or close-ended question? Yes or no? Anong sagot ni Adam? Ang tanong lang ni Lord, pinain mo ba yung yung fruit doon, the tree that I'm, I commanded you not to eat, is a close-ended question, yes or no. Ang sagot niya, eh dahil dyan sa babae binigay mo. She gave me the fruit, now I ate. You see? You see the first marriage because of sin? What happened? God asked a question and He said an excuse. Not only He said an excuse, what did He do? He shifted the blame and responsibility. It was Adam's responsibility because God gave him the command. But he shifted the responsibility to Eve. Kasama pa si Lord. Dahil din sa babaeng binigay mo sa akin, 
nagsisi pa, kinasama pa si Lord. Ikaw kasi nagbigay. Parang ini-imply kasi ikaw nagbigay niya ni. The reason why God was asking Adam is because God, is, God gave it to Adam and he was responsible. So Adam was doing this, blame shifting. Blame shifting. You see, in marriage, there's a lot of blame shifting. When sin thrives, they will always blame. They will not own up their mistake. They will blame each other. Ikaw kasi, kaya ganyan. Kaya ganyan ang anak mo. Kaya ganyan ang grades. Ikaw kasi. Kaya ganyan ka. Kaya ganito ako. Dahil sinaktan mo ako. Wow, drama, teleserya. Kaya a lot of blame shifting. They blame each other. You see, blame shifting. In, in statistics, one of the biggest reasons why couples have unable to resolve their marital conflicts it started in Genesis 3. They were blaming each other. Ang gusto lang ng Panginoon, own up eh. Own up that is your mistake. But what did they do? They blame, shift each other. Kung kasama mo, asawa mo, Ngayon, titigan mo. Sabi mo, ikaw kasi. <laughs> Pause. Don't blame shift. See whether it's your mistake in Oya before God. Not only sin affected marriage, it also affected the sibling. Let me show you in Genesis chapter 4 what happened. Verse 5. But for Cain, his offering, he had not, no regards. So Cain has been angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? Again, he questioned, Where? And he said, I don't know. And I, my brother's keeper. Look how the dynamics, look how what happened to the perfect plan of God because of sin. There was jealousy. There was anger. There was uncontrolled rage. Now, some scholars said, sabi dito, dun sa ano, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. Some scholars said that Cain planned it out. Pinalano niya, napatayin, kaya kinausap and brought him in the, to the field. Some scholars said that. Now, look at this. Cain is the older brother. And he was supposed to be the kuya. And he was full of anger and even killed his younger brother. There's no remorse, no sense of responsibility between the two. When Cain did this, it was the first murder. The first murder happened in the family between two siblings. Now just imagine what's happening into a, to, to Adam and Eve. It surely have broken Eve's heart. Because Eve, we will not be able to read it in, in, the, in the Bible, what happened to Eve. But if Eve had that emotion, if God gave her that will and the emotion to feel, he will surely feel that loss. Sin costs the siblings to fight. And later part you see in the scripture how sibling rivalry existed. You know, there's a picture that I, I saw. The plan was this. The plan was this. Two young boys being together. But you know, it ended like this. This is a picture, a drawing in 18, eight, an 1800s 
The title of this drawing is The First Morning. It speaks of every parent's worst fear. Every parent's worst fear. When Adam and Eve have found the body of their beloved son. You know, as I look at that, they were a broken family. They were a broken family. A father saw his son lifeless. Or a mother saw his son lifeless. And sinong pumatay? Yung kapatid. Pag ikaw ay magulang at nakita mo mga anak mo nag-aaway, masakit. Masakit. Bata nga lang, nag-aaway. Sabi mo, tama na, tama na. Pag tumanda, you see, if you see your children fighting, it's painful. And now you look at this. I don't know what Eve was feeling. I was reading an article about this. I, I, I read a few things. What was Eve feeling? Ang ganda ng expression doon. Eve was so devastated. She was holding his Abel's body while his other son was there. You know how many children he, they lost, this Adam and Eve? They lost two child. One is dead, one is away. They were a broken family. They were divided. Because of sin. You know, a few days ago, a sister messaged me when she realized the topic is about rebuilding of families. And she shared, and she, I, I have the permission to share this. She said na yung sila magkakapatid ay nag-aaway dahil sa lupa. Maliit na lupa, pinag-aawayan. And it, it hurts her. That it, it, it leads them to that extent that, re, that their relationship is broken. When my mom died, because even my, myself, I seen that things happening. They were fighting for land. They were fighting for properties. And no one wants to give up of those things. Even though they, they are willing to, to just let go of that relationship. They, they are willing to just say no more to the relationship. Just as long as they hold that property. When I was back in the Philippines, when, when my mom was alive, we went to her provinces. To her province and I visited their auntie and tita and then I visited one of the tita and when I visited there uh, because it's around 20 years where I went there 20 years I went there and then I had to enter to, to the place tao po kasi bukid sino ka ganun sino ka Ako po si Tuwil. Tuwil ang nickname ko. You know, she cried. Ako po si Tuwil. Yung inaalagaan yun nung bata ako. Sa Quezon province. And she started to cry and pour out her heart. Because the siblings were all fighting for a land. They were fighting. Divided sila. And when my mom died, you know what happened? They were also even pointing each other. Sino kaya nagkulam sa mama mo? In all those things, when sin comes to the picture, it destroys family. God did not plan all this, but because of sin, it distorted the real plan of God. Look at the first family. Look at the condition of our lives today. We will see many families, even Christian families, broken. Families experience brokenness, hardship, pain, struggle, disappointment, distrust. Families are divided today. And the reason of that division, because of the root that is in us, the sin that's in our life. There's a book that I was reading about a battle for biblical family. It writes here, the author said, division start in the human hearts. A sparring passion would pour out in open conflict, killing unity in destroying stability. The inward seeds of selfish ambition, envy, and coveting sprout into the tangle of thorny weeds, disorder, evil behavior, quarrels, and fights. 
You know, we should not down, downplay the existence of sin in our lives and even in our family. All the more we realize, we should realize that there is an in, inner battle that's happening in us. And when we know that there is battle in us, all the more we will come to the Lord and say, Lord, rescue me. Rescue me from the worst enemy. You know, many times, our real worst enemy is ourselves. When you realize that there's an internal battle happening, you will come before the Lord. Lord, I humble before you. Teach me, lead me, help me, guide me in my families. I depend upon your mercy. I depend upon your grace. When you realize that we are imperfect, when you realize that we are also flawed, you will not look at other families with judgmental spirit. Sasabihin mo, ang pamili ko perfect. You will look at other family when other family fails. Instead of judgmental spirit, you will have compassion and concern towards them. Hindi ka magiging judgmental. And even when you realize this condition, you will remove that idea of perfect family na ikaw ay perfect. Perfect lang sa Facebook. Para behind the scene, there's so many problems. When we realize that we are still flawed, we come to the Lord and say, Lord, fill me with your spirit. Work in my life. When you realize that sin still lurks in our lives and in our family, you will not be surprised when people hurt you. When your family member hurt you, kuskus pigaan na Singapore, galit pa sila sa Pilipinas. You have understanding. You know why? Because they are sinners and need God's grace and mercy. And all the more you come to the Lord, Lord, this family is yours. Have your way. Brother and sister, sin distorted God's wonderful intention towards family. Sin have led us to a lot of struggles and pain. But despite of all these things, look at how God dealt with Adam and Eve in his family. God never rejected them. Yet God constantly showed his love in mercy to them. And this is the last point. You see, God heals and restores broken families. What amazes me is this. Regardless of how men fall into sin and how sin affected their lives, yet God showed His mercy to the creation that's so undeserving. Notice how God showed his mercy to Adam and Eve. I just want to feel things. In John 3.15, God promised a Messiah. I put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He's speaking of a Messiah. At the same time, God cared for them. God covered their shame and kept them safe. In Genesis 3, verse 7, when they've eaten the, the fruit, Adam and Eve, he says, See, then the eyes of both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they used leaves to cover themselves. But what did God do? Genesis 3, 21 says, And the Lord God made for Adam, for his wife, garments of skins and clothed them. Nagkamali na nga, susuutan mo pa. Papalayasan mo na nga sa Garden Eden, sinuutan mo pa. Kung galit na galit ka, anong gagawin mo? Lumayas ka. But what did God do? He even covered them, protected them, keep them safe. In Genesis 22, 23, in, verse, in chapter 3, the Lord protected them, kept them from further problems. In here, he says here, The Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Now lest he reach out his hand and take also the tree of life and eat 
and live forever. The reason why God kept them away from that garden is so that they will not eat this tree or else they will live in that condition. What else did God do? Look at Genesis chapter 4. God brings new life. And Adam knew his wife again and bore a son called his name Seth. And she said, God has appointed for me another offspring instead of Abel, for Cain killed him. The death of Abel cost two sons, Abel and Cain. But it was replaced by Seth. And when the statement and God appointed, it means God said, God gave, even though it was a great loss. And who said it? Who said it? She said, the mother said, a new life. And in verse 26, the following verse, it says here, a renewed hope. To set also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. Now what's the connection of calling upon the name of the Lord? What's the connection? You see, these people, Adam and Eve, were, were, were created perfect. But sin came into the picture, broke them, broke the family. And their understanding of God is limited. But now they experience God's restoration. God's healing. And now because of that experience of knowing who God is, that God is merciful, that God brings healing and God brings restoration, what did they learn? That God is merciful so that they come to the Lord and call upon the name of the Lord. Out of the broken family, God brought restoration. God brought life and renewed hope. They begin to learn who God is. I don't know what you're going through in your families. You might need restoration in marriages. You might need restoration or healing between your children. You might have misunderstanding between your siblings. And you need a miracle. You might have broken hearted because you love a loved one that you, because the person died and you miss that person. You know what, God is our healer. He is our restorer. And our response is this. Call upon the name of the Lord. Just a summary. God formed a family to reflect his nature. It was perfect and holy. But when sin came, sin distorted God's Original intent for the family. But God heals, restore, our God, a broken family. To end this, I would like to share a testimony which I've asked a person's permission. A story of a wife of a pastor. They are a family friend of ours and she shared her story on how the Lord healed and restored the family. You see, this friend of ours um, grew up in a Christian home. They served the Lord together, the family, the mother, the siblings. They would come to the church and serve. Each of them have respective ministries. Each of them have duties to do. Her father was a worship leader. While she was involved in the youth in other ministries. And one day they found out. They found out that her father was having an affair. And she was having an affair to someone that almost the same age as her. And when they confronted the father, she chose the mistress over the family. It broke them. It hurt the family. I can't imagine the pain and shame. I can imagine 
that have been brought into this family. Imagine mo, nagsaserve sila sa Panginoon, and then suddenly the husband went wayward. And when confronted, he chose your mistress over to the family. I can't imagine the pain that had happened in their lives. Yet the family continued to pray and trusted God. It was not easy. It was painful. It's not easy to forgive. It was not easy to forget. It was not easy to experience that rejection. Yet they trusted God and prayed to the Lord. And as time passes by, they heard that the father and the mistress has a child. They kept on trusting God. I never yet spoke to the mother, but I think it was so painful. Sooner or later, as to keep the story short, the father started communicating to them. Started to reach out. It was not sudden. It took some time. And the family kept on praying and trusting God. The father tried to reach out and amend things. You know what happened at the end? The Lord made a way. The Lord restored the marriage. There was forgiveness. There was healing that happened in the family. Iniwan yung mistress, umalik sa family niya. And we were sending each other message. And this is what she said to me. When it was message, she said this. Update po sa kapatid ko. Inadapt na po nila mama under their care. As her, as the mother na po. Inaayos na lang po yung papers. Mag-school na din kasi siya soon, kaya need ng birth certificate. The child that was born in, in the mistress, the family accepted. And I replied back, sabi, ang hirap naman ng dinaanan mo. Paano nyo nang ginawa yan? Paano nyo, ano nangyari? Paano? You know what she said? And this struck me, a simple statement. He said this, si Lord po talaga lahat. His love never fails. His love never fails. That last, when I was preparing this, this message, His love never fails. Hindi sila, but it's the Lord ang orchestrate of all these things. It is God who brought restoration to that brokenness. We have seen it in the life of Adam and Eve. We have seen it in the first family. How God created them perfect, yet sin came into the picture, destroyed the family, Destroy all of them. And what did the Lord do? Yet the Lord still cared, showed mercy and love and restored them. This is testimony of God's goodness, God's mercy, that God can still reveal our families. And as I ponder on our team this month, the best way to start is for us to come to the Lord. If we desire to rebuild our family, is to come to the Lord and call upon the name of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, it is you who establish families. All of us have dreams for our families. All of us, Lord, have desires. But we know when sin comes into the picture, it distorts us. It distorts the dynamics. But yet we thank you. That as we look in this, this scripture, you have reminded us that it's you that heals, that it's you that brings restoration. 
no matter how broken, damaged that family can be. Because nothing is impossible to you. Because your love never fails. Lord, as we have this theme, rebuilding of families, I pray, oh God, that you begin to work in our lives, in our inner lives, that we may begin to see our lack, that our need for your interference, for you moving in our lives, in our family, Lord. Because we can never restore our families by our own strength, but it can only happen when you would rest and work in each one of us. I don't know anyone, and I don't know if any of my sisters or brothers I experience brokenness now, brokenness in relationship with their children, brokenness in relationship with their siblings, or even, Lord, marriages today, those who are listening online. We don't know the struggle that they are facing, but I pray, Lord, that their heart will be reminded of your mercy and your love. Like as we've seen, Lord, and how you restored the life of Adam and Eve, giving them new life, giving them new hope. Remind us, Lord, to call upon you. Oh, God, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Have your way, Lord. Have your way. Oh God, we call upon you. Hallelujah. Joel 2.32 says, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance, as the Lord has promised among the remnant called by the Lord. In Acts chapter 2, 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be safe. That's the promise of God that we can hold on today as we rebuild our families. That we can call upon the name of the Lord and knowing that it's Him that will work in our lives, that will work in our children, that will work in our marriages. Brothers and sisters, I don't know where you are, what you're going through. Just remember to call upon the name of the Lord. To call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, we call upon you. We call upon you, Lord. We set our hearts on you. Have your way in our homes. Have your way in our children. Have your way, Lord, our family back home in the Philippines. We call upon the name of the Lord. We trust you, Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord. And He saves. Sing it to the Lord. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. We set our hearts on you, God. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Call upon the name. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved.
Lord, we call upon your name. Revive us. Restore us. Bring healing. Revive, Lord, any love that have been lost. Restore us, O oh God. Salamat, Panginoon, that we can trust in your promises and we can trust in your character. We call upon your name. Let's just receive the benediction. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. We thank you, Lord, for your word. May we find hope in you because you will answer our prayer according to your timing and purpose as we call upon the name of the Lord. We give you glory and honor. May your kingdom and your presence rest in every homes, in every hearts today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us in our online worship service. Remember to join us in our online prayer every Wednesday at 9 p.m. via Facebook and even next week as we have our online worship service. And also remember, next week we will have our Zoom seminar uh, functioning, functional family. God bless everyone. See you soon.